Welcome to Star Wars in 10. Now hit the intro. What well do you have? You are now tuned in to a Star Wars show, so just sit back and be ready to flow. Clear your mind of what you know, and let the force be the course of where we go. As we take this journey far, far away, now let's hear what Darth Vader has to say. We would be honored if you would join us. What's happening, Far Far Away family? How's everyone doing today? I hope everything is going good on your side of the galaxy. Nothing new going on out here in Outer Rim. Now, the last couple of days, we covered a lot of stuff that was outside the story. So today, we are going to get right to Bane. And there's no better time to do that than right now. The cantina was almost empty at this time of day. The crowds wouldn't start arriving until the late evening, which was exactly why Darth Bane had arranged this meeting for early afternoon. His contact, a balding, slightly overweight man of about 50 named Argyle 10, was already there, seated at a private booth in the back of the establishment. Nobody paid any special attention to the Dark Lord as he crossed the room. Everyone here, including Argyle, knew him only as Sep Omek, one of the many wealthy merchants who lived on Sutric. Bane sat down in the seat across the table from the other man and summoned a waitress with a discreet wave of his hand. She came over and took their order, then slipped away to leave them to their business. On Sutric, it was common for merchants to make deals in the backs of bars and clubs, and the serving staff knew how to respect the confidentiality of their customers. How come we never meet at your estate? Argyle said by way of greeting. I hear you have one of the best stocked wine cellars on the planet. I'd rather not have my sister learn about our transactions, Bane replied. Argyle chuckled slightly. <laughs> I understand completely. He stopped speaking while the waitress returned and set their drinks on the table, then continued in a quieter voice when she was gone. Many of my clients are reluctant to let friends and family know of their interest in the dark side. Dealing with Argyle always left a sour taste in Bane's mouth, but for this, there was no one else he could turn to. The portly dealer was the sector's leading procurer of banned Sith manuscripts. He had built a small fortune by discreetly seeking them out, purchasing them, and delivering them in person to his clients, while keeping their names from ever being linked to the transaction. Of course, most of his clients were nothing but collectors, or Sith fetishists, who simply longed to possess a work that had been officially banned by the Jedi Council. They had no real understanding of the dark side or its power. They bought and sold the manuscripts in blissful ignorance, unaware of what they were truly dealing with. This, more than anything, was what brought the bile to Bane's throat each time he met with Argyle. The man portrayed himself as an expert in the dark side. He bartered and traded the secrets of the ancient Sith like cheap rugs at an open-air bazaar. It galled Bane to think of what treasures had passed through his hands into the possession of those too weak and common to ever make use of them. He had occasionally fantasized about revealing his true identity to Argyle, just to see his terrified reaction. Bane wanted to watch him grovel, begging for mercy at the feet of a real Sith. But petty revenge against an insignificant speck of a man was beneath him. Argyle was useful, and so Bane would continue to play the part of a Sith-obsessed merchant. I hope you were able to find what I was looking for, he muttered. The details you provided were rather vague. I promise you this, Sep, the other man replied with a cunning smile. You will not be disappointed. But you have no idea how hard this was, Argyle added, throwing in an exaggerated sigh. 
What you're after is illegal. Banned by the Jedi Council. Everything you deal in is banned by the Jedi Council. This was different. I'd never even heard the name Darth and Dedu before. None of my suppliers had. I had to go outside the normal channels. But I came through, like I always do in the end. Bane scowled. I trust you were careful. I wouldn't want word of this to make its way back to the Jedi. Argo laughed. <laughs> oh, what's the matter, Sep? Some of your business practices not quite on the up and up? Afraid the Council will come after you for cheating on your taxes? Something like that? Don't worry. Nobody will ever know you were involved. I only brought it up because I may have to renegotiate our original price. We had a deal. Now, now, you know my initial quote is only an estimate. Argle reminded him. I had to outlay triple my normal expenses to track this particular item down. But I'm willing to give you a bargain and only charge you double my original offer. Bane gritted his teeth, knowing his hopes of a quick end to their conversation would remain unfulfilled. He had the funds to simply pay, of course, but this would arouse suspicion. He had a role to play, that of a savvy merchant. If he didn't negotiate down to the last credit, it would seem strange. I'll give you a 10% bonus, nothing more. For the next 20 minutes, they haggled back and forth, finally settling on 40% above the starting price. A pleasure doing business with you as always, Argyle said once payment was agreed upon. From inside his vest, he produced a long, thin tube, roughly 30 centimeters long. The tube was sealed at one end, and the other was capped with a tightly screwed-on lid. If the item proves unsatisfactory, he noted as he handed it over, I will be happy to take it back and return your funds. Less a reasonable commission, of course. I highly doubt that will be necessary, Bane replied as he wrapped his fingers tightly around the tube. With the transaction complete, there was no point in staying at the cantina. Bane was eager to open his prize, but he resisted until he was safely back inside the privacy of the library annex on his personal estate. There, beneath the pale glow of the lonely overhead light, he carefully unscrewed the lid. He tipped the tube, allowing the single sheaf of paper rolled up inside to slide out. His instructions to Argyll had been simple. Be on the lookout for any book, volume, tome, manuscript, or scroll that made mention of a Sith Lord named Darth Andedu. He couldn't say anything more than that for fear of raising suspicions or awkward questions, but he had hoped it would be enough. For two months, his supplier had turned up nothing. But then, just as Bane was beginning to fear the Jedi had successfully buried all trace of Andedu and his secrets, Argyll had delivered. The scroll was yellow with age, and Bane gingerly unfurled the dry, cracked page. As he did so, he marveled at the long and untraceable chain of events that had allowed the scroll to not only survive across the millennia, but eventually make its way into his hands. He had chosen to seek the scroll out, yet on some level, he felt his choice had been preordained. The scroll was part of the Sith legacy, a legacy that by all rights now belonged to Bane. It was almost as if he had been destined to find it. 
It was as inevitable as the dark side's eventual triumph over the light. The page had been fashioned from the cured skin of an animal he couldn't identify. On one side, it was rough and covered with dark splotches. The other side had been bleached and scraped smooth before being covered with handwritten lines in a language Bane immediately recognized. The letters were sharp and angular, aggressive and fierce in their design. The alphabet of the original Sith, a long extinct species that ruled Korriban nearly 100,000 years ago. Today's part starts off with Bane arriving at a canteen. He is there to purchase a scroll from one of his dealers. His dealer asks, why do we always have to meet at a cantina instead at your estate? Bane tells him that he didn't want his sister to know, Tana, that he was out buying a scroll. And we ain't talking about no regular scroll. We are talking about a Sith scroll. And this scroll has something to do with Darth and Dad. His dealer informs him how hard it was for him to get it because no one had ever heard of this Andedu guy before. He had to go through every contact he had to find, so the price would be more. And after some negotiation, Bane is able to buy the scroll. And that's where this part comes to an end. Then much happened for me to talk about. Bane goes to buy a scroll. That's it. So join us tomorrow as we cover the next part of the story. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Intent. Tune in next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on all major podcast directories. If you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Star Wars in 10 was created by Kenai Shed and is distributed by Swaycast Network. This show was produced by Pigfield Media, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Leslie Schneider. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.